Are you walking a hard but beautiful journey? Are you sitting in a space that you never thought you'd be? Have you experienced infertility, a miscarriage, adoption? Or are you parenting kids with a behavioral disability? Have these struggles put unbearable strains on your relationships? Or have you struggled with your mental health? I have experienced all of this. My husband and I struggled with infertility and fought for our three beautiful children, our miracles. We went through the struggles, the pain, and the financial burden of IVF in order to have these incredible children. And that journey was so freaking hard. We felt like failures. And we felt alone in our struggle. And now, all three of our children have been diagnosed with ADHD, ODD, and anxiety disorders. And if possible, that has been even more challenging. Again, we have felt alone, confused, like we were bad parents, like we were being judged at every turn. It has tested our marriage. It has broke me many times to the point of two complete mental breakdowns. So, if you are experiencing this, please know you are not alone. That's why I've created this safe space for you, so that we can together find the education, resources, support, mentorship, inspiration, and more that we need to grow on this hard yet beautiful journey. Because at the end of it all, I wouldn't trade a second of what I went through, because these children, our marriage, our family, and my mental health is worth fighting for. I'm also here to remind you that telling your story is part of the journey. Someone in your life, someone in the world needs to hear it, and I will be encouraging you along the way to tell your story. I'm Tiffany Vaughn. I'm so grateful you're here. It's time to walk your own hard, beautiful journey. All right. Welcome back to episode five of Hard Beautiful Journey. Today, I have a very special guest, and his name is... Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, I'm James. (laughs) This is my handsome hubby, James, and he has agreed to be on episode five to talk about his perspective of our Hard Beautiful Journey from the things that I've talked about from episode one to four and any other perspectives that he has had. So welcome, James. Thank you. Are you so excited to be here? Yes. (laughs) See how fast I answered that? Yes. And just so everybody knows, he does have a beer in Clamato uh, sitting right beside him. And it's a chalada. Sorry, it's a chalada. And he is a little bit upset, I think, that he can't watch his ball game while doing this, but it just didn't work out technically for us. So, anywho, how are you? I'm good. Are you excited to do this with me? Yeah, let's get it going. (laughs) James. All right. So I thought that we would talk about the things that I talked about in the first episode oh it's like a recap test to see if i actually watched or yes. listened. 
It's, this is a test. It's only a test. Okay. So the first episode was about our infertility journey, as you know, and I would just like to get your perspective on how that was for you. And if it was as hard, beautiful journey as it was for me, or if it was like no big deal, or what is going on in the mind of a man in an infertility journey? Well, we're talking almost 12 years ago. So once uh, that's been the benefit of you doing these podcasts, because it brings a lot of this stuff back, because I forget a lot of it. And I'm a, uh, I'm very much a glasses half full kind of guy. So no matter what sort of rough patches we've been through, uh, as time passes, I think with everybody, but me probably a little bit quicker than most. And then when somebody asks me, oh, how was this? Or was that difficult to deal with? I'm kind of the, no, it was, I think everything went pretty smooth. (laughs) So, you know. Listening to it, it kind of brings it all back. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. We did go through that. So, um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was definitely, it had its challenges. That's for sure. Um, you know, working full time, being, you know, in a management position and then dealing with this, knowing we wanted the family, uh, the struggles of it, you know walking into that room, sitting in a, sitting in a waiting room with a bunch of other guys. There's a little bit of uncomfortableness there. So it's thankfully I'm, uh, you know, I can usually put a pretty positive or sarcastic spin on anything. So I just, you know, I remember trying to put on the brave face and try to make people smile like, Oh, I guess I'm up. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, you do your thing and then, you stay in there probably 10 minutes longer than you need to, uh, <laughs> just for what reason? you know, just so when guys, you know, it's a guy thing, right? So, <laughs> uh, oh my you sit in there and read some extra notes that you don't need to, but it's, <laughs> it's just, okay. Uh, before you go on, what is in that room for all of the listeners? Uh, there's just, well, it depends. Not all the rooms were the same. But the deluxe room uh, had a TV, and I believe it was a VCR, actually. Um, and it was actually called the deluxe room? No, oh. it's just for myself. I was like, oh, I got the good room today. I <laughs> uh, got the TV and everything. Uh, and then magazines, and of course, your sink and your soap <laughs> and your towel. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's very manly. Oh my gosh. I was talking with a friend of ours after episode one and she definitely, um, brought up the room and how challenging that is for the man in the infertility journey. And I said that it's probably God's way of just evening things out. Because we have to shoot something out of our yeah. our well, area. And I think the thing is, is you walk out of that room being macho and it's no big deal. And then you hand in your sample and say, 
see you next, see you in a few days or see you next week. And then you go downstairs and you walk outside and then kind of the embarrassment hits. And then you light a cigarette, even if you're not a smoker. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Um, okay. So one of the, one of the areas in episode one that really touched a lot of people was when you came to the appointment with me when it was not looking good at all and that you made the call to keep going what made you think that we should keep going when I was so not ready to keep yeah, going I don't know it's I think I mean definitely the thought was I didn't want to give up because no matter what I was going through um, I knew you were the one that was really you know, putting your body and your mind with all the different drugs and all that stuff. So it was definitely tough because I knew, you know, if we went through it, if we did continue and it didn't work, then there's the whole downside to that. But I don't know. I think it's just probably part of the way I was raised. Um, You know, you can't, you can't always, you know, just because something is of high odds or low odds, you can't you you can't bank everything on that because certain things happen for a purpose. And I don't know if it was a gut feeling. I think it was more just after knowing, you know, all of what you went through. I think it was just at that point, it was kind of a Hail Mary saying, you know. Um, We've gone we, halfway. We, yeah, and we deserve this. So let's just... Let's just go through and, you know, we've had times where, you know, everything was stacked in our favor and it didn't work. So what was to say, maybe if some things were stacked against us, that it wouldn't work and it just happened to work out. So, Mm -hmm. and now we have our Aver. Yeah. Otherwise we wouldn't have our Aver if you didn't do that that day. Yeah, no, it was, again, it was, we both wanted it so bad. And I mean, it's, it's very it's very tough. I, uh, we've been through it. I feel for any parents that are trying to have a child and struggle with it because, you know, when you really want it and then you can't have it, that's, that's when you really start questioning why. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and the fact that it, at that point, it had almost been five years of yeah. trying. That was, yeah, which would have been fine if we would have got married at 18. <laughs> Exactly. We were no spring chickens. Yeah, no. You were already hitting me on the downward slide when we got married. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, what, um, I know another question, nobody actually asked it in the messages I received, but I know they were thinking it. Why did you agree to get the red van? Uh, again, I think it's... I think it came down to me knowing how much you wanting to be a mom and, and I've, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, uh, I've had different vehicles, but I mean, I'm not really a vehicle person. Mm -hmm. I I like to drive a nice vehicle, but Mm -hmm. am I somebody that wants, that has to have an SUV or has to be in some sort of sports car? No, that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, my sister and I weren't raised that way. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and again, everybody's got their own thing, but I thought, you know what, if 
this is what Tiffany thinks is going to help turn the corner. Whatever. I can, I can take some ribbing from my buddies. <laughs> it's, it's really not the end of the world. So. But there was only <laughs> a red one on the lot. I know. And I, and it's probably I... my least favorite color of a vehicle. <laughs> so I guess it just shows. It wasn't like real uh, red. It was like, maroon red or whatever color i don't remember what he called it but i was like (laughs) anyway it's no but but it it served us well it did we had two dogs and carrying their um crates around and everything it it and golf clubs and all of our ball equipment i think going to some ball tournaments i probably slept in that thing a few times when i couldn't drive so we slept in it at one camping tournament it, uh, we didn't when we sold it we didn't sell it as a camper van but it it did its purpose <laughs> we actually sold it to grandma okay a couple more questions about the maybe one more question about the fertility side of things with avery is this is my curiosity is was i batshit crazy on fertility drugs or was that more in my head uh, no you were pretty yeah you are out there. <laughs> um, in what? <laughs> in what way? Well, just I mean, the mood swings. The, I mean, you know, I probably did as many trips to the convenience store when you were going through the fertility drugs as I ever did when you were pregnant. So, <laughs> uh, which is fine because it was nice to get out of the house. <laughs> For what? What was I eating? I was eating like no. It was, it was just yeah. It was it. It was I think ice it was, cream. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was stress stress related. So yeah, it's and again, that's I'm not. Uh, it was, but I actually looked forward to it. I was like, man, she's gonna ask me to go right away. And <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, but again, it's it's easy for me to say that yes, you were batshit crazy, but I wasn't having to put my body through that. So, um, and it gave me something to talk about with my coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so back to a sentimental. How did you feel when we picked up, or sorry, when we went for the drive to the mall and we got the call? Uh, honestly, I only remember parts of it, but I do remember getting the call. I remember you see, I remember you tearing up. Of course, we're on Deerfoot Trail, which is like a freeway. Um, and I'm (laughs) probably not the, the best place to be driving along when you know you got, because I think at first when I saw you, I didn't know whether or not it was good news or bad news, right? Because the tears came first and then once I saw the smile, then I knew it was good news. But I remember when we pulled over at the mall, like it was, it was overwhelming, right? Like I remember you, everybody getting out. I remember you and I having a long hug and I'm not somebody that cries a lot, but I, I'm emotional. I tear up, right? So, um, and that was probably... Uh, you know, other than probably the day that we got married, it was probably one of the most emotional days that I'd ever been through. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the good thing, it was, it was, it was a good emotional day, mm-hmm. right? So yep. I'm not saying our marriage wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> but take that the wrong way. 
I'm not a fan. Don't worry. No. Okay, so then we get the news we're pregnant, and then we get the news that our baby has a two-vessel cord and all of these other things, and at that point we had been pulled into rooms a few times by doctors, so how did you feel when you got when we got that news? You know, I, I can honestly, I'm sure that I was concerned, mm-hmm. but it's, I think still the fact that we were pregnant and it was new mm-hmm. and the fact that the chances of it not happening and it happened anyway, I, I honestly was not overly concerned about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, it was our first child. And again, you don't know all these terms, but I mean, yeah, it's no different than, you know, all the issues that I've had dealing with my back. And then you go on a medication and there's all, you know, they talk for 45 seconds about all the side effects and Mm -hmm. all the Mm -hmm. cancers and Mm -hmm. things that you're going to get. Right. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't overly concerned. Mm -hmm. I mean, as we would have progressed looking for those updates to see if anything was getting worse. But at that point, I think I was still so excited that you were pregnant Mm -hmm. that that didn't, Mm -hmm. I wasn't concerned about that. I was only concerned for maybe the first couple of weeks. And then, then it just, yeah, it was the same for me. I was like, I'm just so excited to be pregnant. Yeah. Just. But that's why our marriage works because you worry about all the stuff and I slough it all off. (laughs) Keep it inside. We're going to talk about that on other podcast episodes, just so everyone knows. Um, Okay, so then when you hear that clinking, that is James putting down his drink. Oh, and now he's pouring more into the cup. So he is prepared. Okay, so now Avery is born on September 3rd, 2008. Briefly, how did that feel for you? Uh, when it happened, uh, yeah, it was exciting. It was again, it was one of the it's one of the greatest things I think as a father or as a parent that you can ever be a part of is the birth of your child. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny though. You you see the baby come out and. Of course, the nurses and the uh, not so much so much the doctors. I mean, the doctors are pretty right up front, but the you know the nurses put on a brave face. Oh, this baby is beautiful, and it's like, are you looking at the same thing I am? <laughs> right? Like, oh, it looks like you. That's what I look like. <laughs> really? Oh, it's kind of not compliment. Yeah, no, like, I'm pretty sure when I eat jelly, I usually wipe my face, right? So. Oh, my God. But you were very excited. Oh, super excited. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. was, uh, yeah, it was a long time coming. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Mm Mm-hmm. And we drove home in the red van with our baby girl. Finally, the van had a purpose. The van (laughs) after four years. It was already miled out, but. (laughs) But what song did you, what song did you play for our daughter on the way home? It's a song by Live and it's called Heaven and he wrote it and it's about his daughter. And you played that on the way home to our daughter. Yes. 
was so sweet. So sweet. Yeah. It's probably the only time that a cool band like Live was ever blaring out of a red Dodge Caravan. <laughs> That's not true. Not true. Okay. So the other part that came up in episode one was my first mental breakdown and me finishing school and all of that. Did you know any of that was going on with me at the time? Uh, to a point, but not to the point that I knew that you were in worse shape than you let on. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, it's, and I'm sure anybody that's listening knows, you know, nowadays, most families have got both parents working and you're dealing with all of these different things, uh, in your lives. Um, so, you know, it's hard sometimes, you, you know, for me, it's, I haven't always made all of the effort to make sure that, you know, even myself, you know, I'm taking care of myself. Um, but definitely, you know, probably didn't ask enough questions with you, but, um, anyway, uh, yes, it was, it was very, it was very tough. I mean, you're a very emotional person, right? So, uh, when it comes out, it, it comes flowing out. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and again, it's, you know, um, I don't want to see that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, uh, you're part of our, you know, it's, you're the key part of our marriage and our family. So you never want to see that, but, uh, you know, I think the one thing that you've always been good at, which I think, uh, we've both been good at is, you know, we've dealt a lot, we've been dealt a lot of hardships, but we've never, we've never felt sorry for ourselves or put blame as to why it happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, has there been times where we look up at the sky and go, why, why <laughs> us? Yes, for sure. But again, it's just, that's just a venting thing. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the end, I think all of the stuff, you've always made it a priority to, uh, in the last while to really look after yourself and, you know, you know, when you're taking on too much, uh, which I think is, is very important. So, mm -hmm. and I think we're stronger. I think we're, I think our marriage is stronger. I think we're better parents because of some of the stuff we've gone through. Mm -hmm. so. so during that first breakdown, that was pretty much at the end of my CPA, CGA, um, schooling did you get a feeling that I of how much I absolutely disliked going to school for that yeah for sure the last the last year and especially the last semester that you were there I mean you had a real hatred on for accounting <laughs> right but again I mean it had been such a big part of your life for so long and, you know, good for you for sticking it through. And, you know, I remember going to the, to your, um, graduating ceremony, um, the party and, after. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I don't really, I don't remember usually it. remember a whole lot of parties, but, <laughs> um, but no, it was, uh, it was a proud day. And I think, you know, I know your parents are extremely proud that you stuck through it. I mean, they definitely want you to do, um, 
you know, what you feel you've been put on this earth to do, which is what you're doing now. You're just doing accounting as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, again, I think that's one of the things that make you very strong is once you, once you set your mind to something, you know, um, you follow through. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's a, I think that's an important lesson that, you know, hopefully we teach our kids. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Alrighty. So then we decided to do it again and not leave Avery with no siblings and go through the process again. And we ended up it working better for us the second time around, which was very strange and getting eight embryos and, and you remember them telling us that we were going to have, they were putting in the rock stars and be prepared for twins. It sure is going to happen. And they didn't say for sure, but anyway, they, um, they said that we were going to potentially have twins and then it didn't work. And so then we ended up putting in two frozen embryos and got pregnant. And so what I want to ask you about is the gender reveal, because like I said, it took quite a while for them to actually tell us what we were having because they had to do all of their scans and everything. How did you feel in that moment when they told us that it was two boys? Because I told you afterwards, it looked like there was a thought bubble above your head yeah. and you were like, woohoo, I have two boys. Oh yeah. No, there's no doubt. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, always growing up, always playing sports, um, you know, the thought of having two boys, um, potentially, you know, um, and again, not pushing them into anything. Um, my parents never pushed me into anything, not that I remember anyway. Um, but yeah, the thought of growing up, doing some of the stuff that I did with my dad, right? Like going golfing and playing catch in the backyard, like all those things kind of clicked. And then I also thought, cause at that point I'd, I'd started taking guitar lessons. I think when I was eight and I was now 40 and I still didn't know how to play. <laughs> so I thought, man, I don't know, maybe our own little rock band. So yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of thoughts that went to it. I mean, the double up for sure. But yeah, I, I was definitely hoping that we would at least have one boy mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I can't tell you all the thoughts that, but I'm sure that, uh, sports and, oh, Tiffany, she's going to have no way out of this. Like I can say that this guy wants to golf. So we're golfing. Right. So I, I saw benefits for the kid and for myself. So. Yeah. You, uh, you almost had a full, full foursome for golf. Yeah. Just add in Jason, maybe yeah. <laughs> at the end. Mm. Okay. Um, so the birth no, sorry, let's go back to the size of me. I don't think people actually fully understand the size of me carrying twins. 
And just to be clear, I don't know if it was clear in episode two, they were almost seven pounds each, not a total of seven pounds, yeah. seven pounds each and 21 inches long each. So they were very, very big babies and went to full term, which is 38 weeks for our twins. So I was large, right? You can say it. Yeah, yeah. and I, but honestly, I I think when I see pictures now, that's more when, when you were going you. <laughs> when you were going through it. Um, and yes, I'm sure there's times where I was like, "Holy cow! Like, <laughs> are you sure there's only two in there?" Um, but again, it's it's worrying about you. It's worrying about the. But I can honestly, and I, I've never told you this, but it. It was, uh, <laughs> there's that, there's that song by Flowrider or whatever his name is. It's welcome to my house. <laughs> Every time I hear that song, I think of Tiffany with the two babies in her. I was just like, <laughs> so that's when I hear that song, I'm, I'm thinking back going, wow, she was massive. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway, that, if, if you, anybody ever plays that song, oh it's going to take me back to the last thought I have of you, probably in your pajama pants. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, it's. Oh God, I told you I would notice. So if you ever play like... that, any of you, buddy, if you're ever around me, if you ever play that song and I pass out, you now know why. So. Um. <laughs> okay. I will never hear that song the same. So thank you for that. Um, I think I'm going to have a drink of his beer right now. Hold on. All right. So the birth. Was it traumatic for you? No. (laughs) I don't think so. I mean, I was standing there. I had nothing coming out of me. But so, the bleeding. Part. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, when when Ryder came out, and then of course, like, all right, Dylan, coming. <laughs> uh, and then when they talked about having to go in with the forceps or whatever, and I was like, oh man, I don't want a conehead. <laughs> and then the C-section. Yeah, right? yeah. And then, but then he came out, and then uh, you yeah. were busy looking at them. Yeah, I know. And then the extensive bleeding and all the other things. So yeah, it's. I mean, you you didn't catch any breaks throughout the pregnancies, um, and again with with the boys, you know. And again, I'm not making light of all the stuff that you went through, but you know, having to spend, although it was twins. I mean, I look back at some pictures. Man, I look like a zombie. Like I was like, holy cow. <laughs> um, but. I remember with Avery when you ended up having to go back into the hospital and that first night where I I brought her home and you weren't there and her neighbors were having like a bonfire in their backyard. (laughs) And again, don't take, I wasn't thinking, Oh, that's more important than taking care of my daughter. But I got this crying baby that will not go to sleep. And I'm thinking to myself, Okay, like if anybody came over and knocked on the door right now and said, you know what, if you just need a break, I would have been like Roadrunner <laughs> through the door, gone. Uh, anyway, but I couldn't, 
And with that one, I couldn't get Avery to go to sleep. So I remember I was downstairs. We had a finished basement. I was sitting in the recliner. I was rocking her in it. And we both fell asleep. And we slept the whole night. Like we didn't wake, I didn't wake up to like six or six 30 the next morning. And I'll tell you, I went into like panic mode. Cause I was like, I didn't know if I suffocated her, if I slept on her. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so you were tired. all was fine, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's, I don't, you know, with the boys other than, you know, remember them coming out and meeting them for the first time and being excited about it. But then beyond that, it seemed to, the whole focus there was dealing with your issues and Mm -hmm. trying to get that under control. And, you know, thankfully we, you know, we have parents that were always there for us. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that definitely helped, but. But you did have good training. Like when, when I was in the hospital with, uh, after having Avery, I was in the hospital twice and James had to take care of Avery twice by himself. Um, he did have prior training to it, so he wasn't like a newbie at taking care of a brand new baby because you had experience taking care of my sister's eight day old baby. Would you like to tell us about that? Uh, (laughs) it's like, it's it's like getting somebody to talk about some horror flicker. (laughs) Have you ever seen the movie Cujo? Yeah. Talk about that. How'd you feel about it? Well, it wasn't great. (laughs) Okay. So little backstory, my sister and I, and my mom, um, so Clara, my niece was born on July the 3rd and Bon Jovi was in Calgary at the Saddle Dome um, eight days later. And there was no way Denise was missing this concert. Just, Your mom was there? Yeah, my mom was there. I thought Scott was there. Oh, no. I'm sure. Oh, maybe no, not. On, no, she went no. to the second time. Yeah. Anyway, I went with Denise. I was going to be mad at your mom. I was like, how could you do this to me? <laughs> anyway, Denise was just so you know, was breastfeeding. And so Clara had never had a bottle. And never had a bottle. Yeah, and I did not know any of this. This is like, so they came up, Scott and Denise came up with Clara. She's eight days old. We're living in our house in Langdon. Um, and they all get ready for the concert. And I'm holding Clara and going, oh, yeah, this is going to be no big deal. No problem. Um, and then as they're all ready and they're all dolled up, and and then just before they leave, Denise hands me like a couple of bottles and she's like, good luck. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And what do I do? And she's like, I don't know. We've never given her a bottle before. And then they're like out the door and I'm like, seriously. Anyway. So Claire and I did not get off to a great start. Um, but, uh, but you did get her to sleep. We did. I did get her to sleep. I, I finally got her to sleep this point I was still a smoker. So I think I'd probably chain smoked about nine cigarettes after she fell asleep. Um, I just sat down on the couch. I was just going to relax. And my neighbor from across the street, who I did not know very well, we were cordial, but we didn't know each other. He comes and rings the doorbell and asks me if I can help him move something. Clara wakes up 
She's bawling. I've never wanted to throat punch somebody <laughs> so much in my life. And I'm not a violent person. And he hears Clara crying and he's like, oh, never mind. Sounds like you're busy. <laughs> now you are. Oh, now I'm angry. Anyway, um, so I said, no, if your wife would like to come over and watch the baby, I will help you move. <laughs> your entire house. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he left. I think he felt bad. Um, but anyway, uh, it took a little bit, but uh, got her back to sleep. And I'll tell you, there is no, there is no better feeling when you struggle getting a baby to sleep and all of a sudden they go to sleep and you are... And like you hear, you creak, you hear a floorboard <laughs> creak and you're like, no. <laughs> and we had Kobe by then and yeah. Kaylee, didn't we? Our dog. Yeah. So, and yeah. they were barkers. So, oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure you were like, don't bark. Oh you're yeah. You're dead. But I remember, I remember waking up the next morning and you guys all got up and, oh, how was the concert? Oh, it was awesome. Oh, how did it go with Clara? Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. Really no issues. So. <laughs> They totally lied. Yeah, I think that's why I have high blood pressure because I'm a compulsive liar. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. Good to know. Okay, so yes, he did have very good training to take care of our daughter when I was not there with him. So I had no concerns. And so yeah, back to um, bringing home the boys. And we had lots of help, like I said in, in the episode. Um, and we ended up hiring a night nurse. Thank God. She was an angel, right? Oh, yeah. And so in the podcast, I also let everyone know that um, the there was a big flood in our area. And one day, she almost couldn't make it. And honestly, that was the day I almost saw you cry. Oh, yeah. Like, ball. I'm not, uh, I'm not exactly what you would call. I mean, I believe in God and everything, but I'm not a very spiritual, but I remember like Praying. going, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> like, please, I have here. not asked you for much, but this <laughs> has to happen. I'm dying. Because you were still working full time. Yes. And well, I was definitely working full time with three kids and, but at that point, we literally were not sleeping, like at all. Oh no, it's it was, it was so physically painful. There's no words to describe it, really. No. Like until you've actually done it, it's it's actually physically painful <sighs> when you're that tired, and when especially if you don't have help. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm just she was a godsend for sure. And then we hired Chantel to help me um, during the day sometimes, which was awesome. But then we had to find childcare and we ended up interviewing nannies from all over. And do you have any funny stories about that? Like, wasn't there one that we interviewed that clearly just wanted to come here to find a boyfriend don't you remember that one there was a there was one from not the philippines she was from and you were like no no we have to move on and that's when we kept, oh. kept interviewing and we found digna 
Yeah. Did you know Digna was the one? Yeah, I did. Right away. Once we once we talked to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, she's just she's got the. Um, it's hard to say, but it's very it's very motherly. Like mm-hmm. she's very soft spoken, but she's firm and she gets her point across Mm -hmm. and you could just tell. And then of course, you know, and you know, when you think about the sacrifices they make for their families, um, it's just, yeah. uh, I remember after the phone interview that we did with her, I'm 99% sure both you and I were like, yeah, that's the one. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So for um, sure. But were you as nervous as I was the day I went to go get her? Well, no, because I didn't have to be there. But yes, like I was for sure. Because you're bringing somebody to live in your home with Mm -hmm. your children, Mm -hmm. right? And with all the things that go on in the world today, you just, you never know. Mm -hmm. And the thought of exposing your family to potentially something that could go wrong Mm -hmm. is a, is a scary thought. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But I remember, um, I remember seeing her for the first time and I mean, sure. It was a little bit awkward. Mm Um, you know, Oh, hi, Mm -hmm. welcome to her. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, it's, uh, there was never a point of when I first, from the first time I met her where I was like, ever had a thought like, Oh, I don't know if we made the right decision. It was new for me. We knew that we made the right decision. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And from your perspective, how how did you feel her being in our home and everything she did for us? Oh, it was, it was amazing. I think the thing that made it so easy was it. It never felt. Like, um, you know, she was overstepping her bounds. Like we, we at least, I mean, we welcomed her in and I think right away it was what's, what's ours is yours. Right. And I think being able to do that and trust somebody like that and then seeing how she was with all the kids, like it just, it, it just felt like it was meant to be mm-hmm. so but the part all of that was that was like the cherry on top but the fact that like she did everything we we came home and we could just be yeah we could just be parents we could just enjoy our kids we could just play with them yeah when we got home like that was and i i had a boss his name was brad um they he's the one who who told me because they had a nanny um, that that was the best blessing that they found in having a nanny in their home was that they could just come home and just be parents, like just play with their kids and read books with them. And cause everything else was done. Mm-hmm. And I think that is like what I missed the most after she was gone. Yeah, for sure. That part of our life lives. Um, so we get Digna and then, (laughs) then I went back to work and I got a, I won't rehash my job, but it was, 
stressful, very stressful, but we, I had found a job in the Oak Tokes area. And so I started looking and then you started looking and then I told you, no, we shouldn't look anymore. It's not looking good. Yeah, it's too late at that point. And he was deep and he was getting emails still from websites on listings and he emails me a listing and then promptly phones me after he sends this email and says, we need to go for a drive to Turner Valley this weekend and look at a house. And I said, where is Where the bleep is Turner Valley? (laughs) And I put on a brave face, but I didn't even really know where Turner Valley was. (laughs) I knew it was somewhere around Okotoks. Yeah. I had heard of Black Diamond for sure, but I honestly... Had, I don't think I'd ever heard of Turner Valley. And so I, I honest to God, where did I think it was? I thought it was like south of Lethbridge area. Like I thought, why are we looping this <laughs> Lethbridge? Did you get fired? <laughs> and so anyway, that's why I said, okay, whatever. Let's just humor you. And we had planned on going to Banff that weekend. Remember? No. See, these are the things that he doesn't remember. We were going to go to Banff because Digna was still fairly new to our family. Um, She had been there for about a year at that point, but she hadn't really been out to the mountains a lot. So I said, let's go out to Banff. And then we were going to go on the gondola ride. We did do all that. No, I know. But that was the weekend. It's all coming back to me. That's the weekend we did it. So I said, well, let's just go out to that like by that time I had found out where Turner Valley was. So I said, let's just go for a drive then. And then we'll go to Banff and the door opened. And I said, you're a jerk because I knew it was the house for us. Mm -hmm. And then James went out onto the back deck and that was it for him. Like it was over, right? It was over. Because we we do have a very beautiful view and a nice backyard, and so. well, I think it's I think it's a space. I mean, I grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my sister and I, Jody. Um, you know, we commuted everywhere, mm-hmm. pretty much our whole lives. Um, so, and for me at that point, you know, I was driving a company truck, all these things, and I was like. I don't care 45 minutes like mm-hmm. it's a beautiful drive mm-hmm. and I honestly yeah is there some days where it might get a little bit long but I actually look forward to because when I get outside of the city then I got about 25 minutes to kind of clear my head before I come home and deal deal with <laughs> just deal just deal yeah yeah just deal um it wasn't really the commute that was bothering me because at that point I still had my job so I was like okay yeah I'm even closer so that was a win-win um but then three days after moving in um, but I knew long term even if and when we bought this house I knew where you were working Mm -hmm. was not going to be a long-term thing for Mm -hmm. you oh yeah and we both knew that yeah but yes, three days after moving into this place, I got laid off. So, but the crazy thing is, is that both, so my new job and your job 
are now, so we are currently 45 minutes, 45 to 50 minutes away from our jobs. And the new job that I got and your job is about 15, 20 minutes away from where we used to live. So we added a lot of time onto our commute when the, the goal was to shorten my commute. And that just definitely did not happen. It's true. But we get way less mosquito bites. Exactly. Exactly. And we, we did, I did miss Langdon at first and Avery was like, I did too. I still did. We had, we had, we got a lot of good friends. We made a lot of good friends out there or neighbors. It was very close, but uh, I think it was just a point. And you know what, growing up in Saskatchewan, we both did. You know, Flatlanders, Langdon was just like Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. This, moving out here and all of a sudden having, you know, 50, trees. 50 60 foot trees and, <laughs> mountains. you know, mountains and hills and rock levels and all this stuff. It was like, it was, it was stuff that we only saw when we went on vacation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I was sold right away. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, so yeah, we moved out here and then I got my other job and not long after I got that other job the economy was still in the absolute shit shitter right like and it still is feels like it's been (laughs) like that since (laughs) yeah it still is um but then and we had to reduce Digna's hours and her wages so the writing was on the wall yep and James and I had many many conversations just him and I about when it would happen and do you think she's gonna leave us and and so the day that the work permit came it was very sad day and when I knew it was her work permit and then um she did sit us down and Digna and let us know that she was thinking of leaving us but she hadn't made a decision entirely remember and we we had a good long talk, but then she did decide that she was going to leave us. And when she told us, did you, were you as sad as I was like up and leading up to when she left? Yeah, I was. And I mean, selfishly, I could say probably not, not angry, but almost a little bit um, like Disappointed. not it's almost like felt a little bit betrayed and dignite. I'm saying this to you. It's, it was just a thought. It was not like, I think it was the thought of, okay, you know, we did all this, you know, we, we gave her the opportunity. It was very, and I, and a hundred percent, it was, it was selfish because, you know, after the fact you, you sit back and, you know, I've thought about it and I'm sure you've thought about it. We've talked about it. I mean, when you think about the sacrifice that she made to get her family there, mm-hmm. um, as much as it was, became very personal for us, her being there, mm-hmm. she was very good at. She uh, had a goal. Yeah, she had a goal, mm-hmm. but she she was able to kind of ride that fence mm-hmm. on you know being part of the family an employee, an employee. but also being an employee and hey I, I I need to do what's best for me I need to do what's best for my family mm-hmm. um 
And now when I look back on it, you know, all the decisions that she made, you know, being able to drive into Okotoks and stop by her house and see her family. I mean, it just, it's, it makes me so happy to see that, you know, she's got all that and she, they have worked hard to get all that, right? They've made the maximum sacrifice that we don't even understand. Not even remotely. Right. So, um, but yeah, I can honestly say, you know, when it first happened, I felt that there was a little betrayal there and it was selfish on my part, but, um, but in that moment, it's like, you see everything going yeah, and like everything, you know, and when you're raising twins yeah, plus another child, yeah. like when that's all that, you know, now it's, it's. <laughs> Scary as hell is how I would describe it. And yeah, I drove home every single day from work and bawled and like tried to like calm myself before, like by the time I got to Millerville and be like, okay, don't let her see how upset you are. And, um, but I remember you were, you were, of course, were struggling with it. And again, you show your emotion more than I do. So Digna had asked me if I would answer some questions on her potential new yes, family. And I couldn't do it. Right. And you couldn't do it. And of course I said, yes, Digna, I would, I would love to do it. Um, and of course the thought never crossed my mind. But now looking back on it, I go, man, I could have sabotaged that. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's but, not who we are. But it's just once she started asking questions about, well, you know, how was this and this, and I think everything just poured out and it was just kind of like, all I can tell you is you are extremely, extremely lucky if she chooses your family. Right. So, so so yeah, Amanda, very lucky that they got her. Yeah. Very lucky. And we, they, like I said, they still live in Okotoks and we love them so much and they are doing so good. And we all did that together. Yep. Not just our family, but Amanda's family too. Yep. We all did that and Digna's family did it. And it was, it's just amazing that that all happened and they're part of our lives now. Yep. Um, so then, then we had to put them into childcare and uh, I think we'll go through it briefly, but this is where, like I said, shit gets real and it got, it's been hard. Would you say? Yeah, extremely. Like no words other than <clears throat> just very, very emotionally and physically yeah. draining. Being at work and constantly getting the email or the phone call or pulling up to a daycare facility or a day home or whatever it is and trying to get in there and get your kids out without (laughs) making eye contact. It's more difficult than you think. Oh yeah. Right. We're, we're not ninjas. And like, and and the boys are taking their time, putting on their boots and they can't find their coat. And I'm like, I don't care. We'll get it tomorrow. (laughs) We don't want to get the write up paper. Hurry up. Uh, But yes, it's, it was trying for yeah. sure. And I mean, it breaks your heart too, seeing your kids um, 
and again, you know, it breaks your heart, but then you're thinking, okay, are these, these little shitheads being the instigators, right? Yeah. But again, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. And like I said, it's, it's tough nowadays, you know, I'm sure it was tough back in the day as well, but it's tough when you're, when you're both working and you got the stresses and then, you know, you're dealing with, and, and now, you know, homeschooling and don't even get me started on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not over that. You're still traumatized. So, Hopefully not for too much longer will we have to homeschool because we're just not homeschooling teachers. Yeah. We just are not. Because um, apparently I can, uh, I can, I can be in charge of about 25 people in a company and it can run fairly smooth, but I can't figure out grade six math. So, <laughs> but that's because you needed a protractor, <laughs> a real protractor, not a Google protractor. Yeah. yeah. That there will definitely be another episode just about the childcare and the, another one that I do want to have your input on. I don't want to talk about it now because there is so much good stuff in that one, but the Florida trip. Yeah. We're never going back. <laughs> Not with kids. <laughs> no, our next plan oh, no, trip I'm, is with just adults. And... It, every time I, there's another one. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch that chipmunks movie that whatever the third one is road trip and they're on the no fly list. That will be our family. Right. So, Oh my goodness. It, it literally is its own episode because we were there for two weeks, two oh, yeah. full weeks and there's probably an hour's worth of stories that, yeah. Funny, funny now they're funny. Now. Oh yeah. Funny now. But For in sure. the moment, oh my goodness, I didn't know if we were going to actually survive that trip, yeah. like with our sanity or with our children. Like it was. Oh no, we were, and we were getting mad at each other. Oh, like, it was not. Yeah. We were really questioning our, decisions. our ability to make decisions for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think just a couple, so then we got Dakota and, uh, Dakota, oh, like I called her a unicorn. What would you call her? Oh, she was a saint. Like, <laughs> like when we came home that day, do you remember we came home from work and she's just like, she's 21-ish, like at that time anyway, full of energy, but just the kindest person. And she's like, yeah, so we went to the pool. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you went to the pool? Like, I struggled to get my own cereal when I was 21. <laughs> but she took three kids to the pool and all three of them are ADHD, ODD. And we never did that. Yeah. We never took them to the pool. No. Like ever. Because I think Florida was like. Well, I think we have, but it's like, even, even, when we, even when we did it before, we would take the three kids to the pool in Okotoks. And, or even when they went for the swimming lessons and it's like, we planned that for, it seemed like for weeks and we almost had it down in a playbook. Okay. This is how we're going to do this. This is where you're going to sit. Yeah. And she's just, and she's just on a whim like, oh yeah, I took the kids to the playground and then I took them swimming and. Well, don't you remember taking the boys to their first swimming lesson? Yeah. And we moved all the way around. So the swimming instructor couldn't even see us. She's probably like, I think that your parents left you. (laughs) 
<laughs> because it's the suit as soon as the boys were in the water there was our two boys and then three girls and do you remember they had them sitting on this little ledge and the three girls were just sitting so nice with their hands crossed over their laps and there's Ryder and Dylan like completely on opposite ends of the kiddie pool area and the instructor like trying to round them up and we were yeah no it just didn't it didn't work for us and then shopping no 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 and then she told us she took them shopping by herself like she's a unicorn for sure so yeah i don't know dakota's parents if you're listening i don't know what you did but good on you you did really good. So, yeah, like I said, there's a whole bunch more that we could talk about. This could go on for hours, but James is looking at his watch, and that obviously means that the Blue Jays are probably on. No, the it's TV. over. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so let's close this out by you sharing three things that you are grateful for over that time. Uh, three things I'm grateful for. Uh, first off, I am thankful for the uh, regional fertility clinic because um, without them, without the doctors, uh, without a waiting room with not enough chairs, uh, we would uh, we just be the parents of dogs. So that's the first thing I'm grateful for. I'm grateful to our families, uh, our parents, you know, uh, my sister, your sister, your brother, um, they were all very helpful, you know, especially to our parents who, you know, helped us, you know, pool together, uh, enough, enough money to, uh, you know, to even get started on this. And third thing is I'm grateful that, uh, you and I are going through this together. I think it's made our marriage stronger um we have our battles but uh you're stubborn i'm sarcastic so it kind of it works yeah it works mm-hmm. um but no it's been uh it's been a it's been a hard beautiful journey but i i look forward to every day me too so. well thank you james I'm not coming back for quite a while. No, you are. Not until baseball season's over. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to have to find a night when the Blue Jays aren't playing. And because uh, right now he's got his Blue Jay shirt on, his Blue Jays hat on, and he's quite upset that the game is over. But I think he enjoyed this. Did you enjoy this? That yeah, was great. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks I for doing it. I love you. Yeah, I love you too. Bye. 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 Hey there. Thank you so much again for being here and listening. It means the world to me. I know how busy life is and that you could be doing so much with your time. And the fact that you chose to spend your time listening to my podcast is so amazing to me. And I'm just so grateful. So thank you. If you like the show again and the content that I'm sharing, please be sure and subscribe and leave a written review because when you do that, it definitely gets out into the world more and that would mean the world to me. You can find me in many areas in the big wide web and I will have links to all of those places in my show notes. Again, 
I am so grateful for you. And I'm always cheering you on. And just please remember to always be kind. And until next time, stay well.